As a young seminarian, I was dependent on loans, not only for tuition, but for room, board, and other living expenses. In one year, I racked up 150% of what I had accumulated in all four years of college. Chicago's not a cheap city to live in. By the time I graduated, I was at nearly five times my level of college debt. However, it could have been a lot worse. I offset some costs by working in maintenance and food service. Though, as far as maintenance goes, the only thing I remember from that is if your, pipe, if your water isn't flowing fast enough, bang on the pipes with a pair of channel locks. It's the only thing I remember, so don't ask me to do any handyman tasks. I had some scholarships, and both of my grandfathers would help from time to time. Grandpa George would send a check with a little note. Hope this keeps the wolf from the door a little while longer. I always thought that was an odd phrase, keeping the wolf from the door. I thought it had to be a saying from back in the Depression. After all, in Berlin, North Dakota in the 1930s, everybody was poor. But it dates back longer than that to at least 1546, I found out. An English author, John Haywood's collection of Proverbs. Indeed, you could say that the roots of the saying go back to scripture itself. Wolves show up in Isaiah when the prophet tells of a future time when the wolf shall lie down with, shall live with the lamb, which is a rather unimaginable image, especially if you're a shepherd. Wolves also show up in Jeremiah as an image of divine punishment. Ezekiel, for his part, says that Israel's leaders are like wolves, tearing into prey, destroying lives for their own dishonest gain. And Jesus, in Matthew's gospel, uses the wolf metaphor a couple of times. First, warning about false prophets who are like wolves in sheep's clothing, and also warning the disciples that they are about to be sent out as sheep among wolves. So the wolf metaphor, as a destroyer, as a ravager, goes a long way back. It shows up here, too, in Jesus' discourse about the sheep, the gate, and the good shepherd. Remember that previously, Jesus restored sight to the man born blind on a Sabbath day. Some of the religious leaders simply could not accept that a man from God would heal and therefore work on the Sabbath. This wasn't a nitpicky concern. This struck at the very heart of Jewish identity. The tragedy here is that they can't look past the perceived transgression to the sign of abundant, fulfilled whole life in front of them. They can't see the mercy that Jesus shows this man. The unmerited grace of opening his eyes, the making whole again. Jesus doesn't follow the Sabbath according to their understanding, therefore he simply can't be from God. Because their worldview is so rigid, Jesus says that they have become blind. They have shut their senses to any evidence of restored life. They have shut their senses to grace, to love, to shalom. And now Jesus talks about what this means. And it's not easy to understand what Jesus is talking about. I chuckled a bit at verse 6. 
Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they didn't understand what he was saying. No kidding. So let's just look at the two I am statements as a way of maybe figuring this out a bit. Jesus says that he is both gate and good shepherd. That can mean that he's both the one who keeps the sheep safe and the one who leads them out into good pasture. Jesus is the one who keeps the wolf from the door, so to speak. But he is also the one who encourages the sheep to go out into the wider world. And the wider world can be a frightening place sometimes. There are a lot of wolves, thieves, and bandits out there. We can't minimize the dangers, especially after this past week. We've seen how much destruction a wolf can cause. We can't ignore the long-term effect the war in Ukraine might have on us, on our children and our grandchildren. We can't ignore the other dangers that are around us either. We have to be aware of them. But that doesn't mean that we can just stay in our pen, shut away from the world, hoping that we won't be affected. If we just stay in the pen all the time, if we don't go out to good grazing ground, so to speak, we'll die. That's not safety, that's suicide. Jesus leads us out into pasture, into a world where there are a lot of dangers. But Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is the one who we might say left his pre-existent divine pen with the Father to become one of us. Jesus came into our, our world with all its dangers, all its terrors, all its fears. And Jesus came to lead us out into a wider world that enriches and feeds us. To invite us into abundant life, which is not a life based on, I better toe the line. It's not based on a kind of literalism and rule keeping like some religious leaders want it to be, but a life based on mercy. It's a life based on healing, a life based on forgiveness, on restoration to community, on shalom, peace, well-being. That's abundant life. And Jesus doesn't run from the wolves either. Jesus stands firm against all those forces to, that seek to destroy us, those both internal and external to us. Jesus doesn't take up arms, but we should not doubt the resolve. This isn't baby Jesus, meek and mild. This is Jesus, the good shepherd, taking on evil head on whether it is the forces of tyrants or empires, other, other forces, or the forces of our own internal sinfulness, Jesus stands firm. Jesus keeps the wolf from the door. Jesus protects his sheep. Today is Ash Wednesday, and as we begin the season of Lent, we remember both that we are mortal and that we are beloved. We are dust, and we return to the dust. But we also remember that we are among Jesus' sheep. We belong to Jesus' flock. And though we go down to the dust, 
Even though we die, we will live. And that life begins right now. Jesus laid down his life. Jesus stood up to the wolves so we could begin living that abundant life now and continue on the other side of death. So even though the world is a frightening place, let's not stay in the pen. It's time to go out, living lives of mercy, love, service, and shalom. Jesus will guide. Jesus will protect. Thanks be to God. Amen.